Well, hello everyone. It's your marriage and relationships success strategist, Eric and Dr. Sakisha Heilig. And look, we're excited about this conversation that's going to transpire this evening. We have been behind the scenes working on some amazing things for you. And you know that when we're talking about marriage and relationships, it's a no hold barred. We're truly endeavored to, to be as transparent with you. And tonight is not going to be any different. We have an amazing guest with us. And we're gonna talk a we're gonna talk from a totally different perspective this evening. And that's what I'm really, really excited about. What about you, Eric? Yes, because this time we get a we get a little gist of the, the good, the bad, <laughs> the reality of things. You yeah. know, we always like to, to to talk about the good things and how we can make it great, but we can also talk about well, what do we need to do if it doesn't happen, you know, to turn out to be so great. Well, now we all know that marriage is a phenomenal institution, but lots of times couples may enter into it unprepared or yes. there might be some questions that don't transpire. They might be focusing on different things before the marriage. And before you know it, if something unexpected pops up, do you have a plan in place to address these, these challenges that you might ex that you may experience as a married couple? And tonight we have an amazing guest that's going to answer some of those questions that may be burning on the inside. We know there are questions that our audience have and you don't want to be the one to raise your hands publicly but we're going to want you to understand on this platform this is a safe space for you to ask your questions we're not here to judge anyone we are here to help and we are bringing to you tonight an amazing uh, practice attorney he's a harvard graduate and one of the things that i'm i really really was so oppressed about the fact that um, he has a passion to see marriages win that's one of our focuses, helping marriages to win, but also tackling those burning questions, tackling those issues or those challenges that we might keep under the sidestep on our way to the altar. So we want to give you some food for thought this evening. Yes. Is that all right? All right. All right. So tonight we are bringing to you attorney Aaron Thomas. How are you doing tonight, attorney Thomas? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Great to be here oh. with you. Thank you for joining us all the way from Georgia. Now, I want, can you just take a moment? Cause you have got an amazing bio and I'm sitting there looking at it. And I'm like, this is amazing when you're, you're listening to or reading all of the things that you've accomplished. So for our listeners, can you just take maybe 30 seconds and, and we'll just give them a short synopsis of it. Cause if I'm going through it, we're going to be here for a while. Cause there's so many things that are catching my eye. Yeah, no, thank you. Absolutely. So I am I'm originally from Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, I was introduced mm -hmm. to Atlanta during college. I went to Emory University uh, for college. Uh, and then, as you said, I went to Harvard Law School, uh, graduated from there in 2002. So I'm coming up on 20 years next year practicing law. Uh, I run my own family law law firm um, in in Georgia, uh, uh, Aaron Thomas Law, and also um, my passion project, which is Georgia prenups uh, at georgiaprenups.com. Um, and I like to call it the, the prenup that helps you stay married. Wow. Now, you know what? That's a totally different perspective of it. Uh, a lot of times when you hear the word prenup, some people are, are apprehensive because they're thinking that you're entering into the marriage with the, the mindset that what if it doesn't work? But I would beg to differ. I would think that a lot of couples would like to, I'd, I'd like to say that I'd like to learn to 
be able to respond rather than react, if that makes sense. Yes, yeah. but I mean, if you look at the statistics of divorce is high and especially quickly, you know, and when you're talking about when there's a lot of assets involved, so you might as well look at this as, as the realistic state um, and prepare, you know. All right. So, Attorney Thomas, why don't you shed some background? Let's let our, our listeners understand how you, you know, what was that aha moment? What was that pivotal moment that said, OK, family law is 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 for me. That is my that's my passion. What was there a specific moment, a specific case? Can you tell us a little bit about it? Sure, sure. Yeah. So I. I got into family law. I mean, I've always wanted to help individuals. You know, you can work on behalf of corporations, you can work for businesses, um, but but being able to help people one on one uh, is something that 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 always appealed to me. I started practicing family law in in 2007, uh, and so my first two full years were in 08 and 09. So the the height of the financial crisis, and you know, a lot of families going through divorce. Um, and you know, I gotta be honest, it, it kind of scared me off of marriage. Um, I was single at the time I'm now married, but I was single at the time. And I would tell friends, you know, in those first couple of years of, of practice, don't get married, you know, uh, have a party, you know, invite your friends, uh, wear a white dress, change your last name if you want to, but, uh, but don't get married because I have found that so many people don't know what they're signing up for when they get married. Um, you know, people, <coughs> talk about what's the biggest financial decision you've been making in your life and people throw out starting a business or um, buying a house and all those are the wrong answer. Getting married is the largest financial decision you make in your life. Wow. Now that's, that's a really, really good point because some people don't necessarily think about it. I know we've been together 27 years and we, I, I don't think that was something we talked about what we wanted to do, our plans, but it wasn't until a little further on in the relationship that we realized the importance of having certain conversations. So does that surprise you when couples are coming to your office and saying, Hey, you know, I, I, I think I need a prenup or I'm c contemplating a prenup. Do you, can you give us like a snippet of how that conversation may take place or some of the things that you tell them they need to be mindful of? Sure. Absolutely. I, I think, you know, the, the important thing to keep in mind is, um, you know, we are different from our parents' generation. Our parents' generation, they got married at age 20, 21. Um, credit cards weren't even really a thing back in the 60s and 70s. Um, you know, student loans were smaller. Pa people got married, and, and the way I like to describe it, it was like they were starting a business together at the same time. Uh, today, the average couple gets married at age 28, 30. They probably got student loans. They probably got a 401k, some equity in a house, uh, multiple credit cards. Um, and, you know, whereas our parents' generation, when they got married, it was like starting a business from scratch. Today's couple, when they get married, it's like merging two fully formed corporations. And it's just something that takes a lot more care to do it correctly. Now, I have a question. Are you finding that some of the couples that you are, are connecting with or working with these days, are you finding that um, that there it was something that was taught, like, you know, these are some things you need to consider prior to marriage or are they coming to you because, it, you know, this generation, this is what I'm coming into the marriage. I'm concerned about protecting what I have. What's the train of thought that you are experiencing with the couples that you work with? Yeah. So some of it is a mix. There are couples who uh, have been divorced themselves and they've gone through it one time and they realize that they need to uh, get on the right financial page. 
um, when they go through it a second time. There's also a lot of us who our parents got divorced. Um, and we saw them go through that. We saw how expensive that was or how much how much drama that was for them. And we want to avoid that same type of situation. And yes, there are a lot of couples who are just, you know, they're coming in, they've got assets, they're further on in their careers, um, and they don't want to leave everything up to chance when it comes to their finances. Um, couples will have an idea of, you know, these are my assets. These are the assets that you're bringing in. You know, I don't want to be responsible for your credit cards. You don't want to be responsible for my student loans that I came in. And uh, there's an easy way to clear it up. You can just put everything down on paper and get clear about what are your rights and responsibilities going to be with respect to the different assets and debts. And you know what I'm finding in this generation? They're more overall, I'd like to say more informed, more aware of some of the impact of what can transpire when you're going into a marriage before I, I use us for example. I won't say we entered into marriage blindly. We got married in get married in college. Right. We eloped. That's a long story um, that won't go into tonight. But we had we had different ideologies when it came to finances. Like so, you said, two worlds coming together, yeah. two different perspectives, two ways of, of upbringing, mm -hmm. um, two ways of looking at a marriage mm -hmm. and a relationship through our parents. Absolutely, how they did or did not handle their finances and handle their household um, operation um, because we both are a product of divorce, mm -hmm. you know, family. So, you know, that also has something to throw a big mix into things too. But we did learn, uh, as he was talking about, that mm -hmm. communication is the key mm -hmm. aspect um, before getting into marriage. And we talked about the finances, yeah. which is a really big thing. Mm -hmm. And then of course, talking about sex, we need to know all about these things before we jump into this, as you can say, if we want to go into legal terms into this contract or this business arrangement, mm -hmm. where you're going to bring your assets and my assets or lack of assets mm -hmm. um, into place. And then we need to, you know, find out what we have and how we're going to move forward with this uh, merger. Oh, wow. Now you yeah, made yeah. a good point. You you want to, attorney? Can you expound on that for? No, I have another question I want to ask you about <laughs> this. But what's your perspective on that and the ways in which couples are approaching marriage now? Yeah, yeah. You know, Eric, Eric brings up a really good point. Um, probably even more important than the assets or the debts that each mm -hmm. spouse is bringing into the marriage are the financial habits that they bring into yeah. the marriage. You know, um, one, of the, one of the things that I often see is a couple will come in and they're concerned that, you know, one spouse is a spender and the other one is a saver. And how do you address that type of situation? And so we may do something where, you know, the, we'll take the couple's finances and all of the money will go into one account, all of the income goes into one account, but each spouse will get a, an allowance each month. You know, $1,000 to the husband, 1000 to the wife. And that way they can spend the money however they want. It goes into their separate accounts. Husband doesn't get to say what the wife spends her money on. Wife doesn't get to say what the husband spends his money on. So, you know, my wife may spend more on clothes, you know, than I do. Um, but I'm the one who I'm going to have the new iPhone when it comes out every year. And so, um, you know, mine might look like a waste to her. Hers might look like a waste to me. Um, but we don't get a say because we each have our own money. And, and mm -hmm. we always know that the money is going to be there to pay the bills, uh, you know, Absolutely. for retirement, those types of things. That is, that's a really, really key thing that you yeah. said. That that's, that's one of the uh, suggestions that we do <laughs> with our, our customers, our, you know, our couples that we talk to. Now, is, is, I, 
I have a question. Have you ever found yourself in a situation in which you're dealing with a couple that wants to do a prenup, but you may find that they need to have a little more in-depth discussion. They might need some more counseling, coaching. Have you ever found yourselves in those types of situations because they feel like, okay, this is a person I'm ready to spend my life with, but they there's still some things that they need assistance with other than like the financial aspect part? Oh, oh yes, 100%. Because this is this is where the rubber meets the road. I mean, this is when you've got to have those conversations that are necessary, but they can sometimes be a little uncomfortable. They can sometimes be difficult. So, you know, one of the things that people may not know about prenups is uh, in order for the prenup to be enforceable, both parties have to disclose all of their assets and debts to the other party. And that is where a lot of these conversations take place because uh, you would be surprised or, or you all, I know you wouldn't be surprised about how many couples, you know, get ready to walk down the altar and they have no idea that the other one is carrying 50,000 of credit card debt or six figures in student loans where they may have assets. And so I've had people come to me and say, oh, no, 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 I, I can't put, I can't put, she can't see what I got, you know, in my bank account. And no, he can't, he can't see that I got this much equity in my house. And that's, that is a clear red flag, a clear sign that, that you're not ready to enter into this financial contract um, yeah. because the law looks at it like you are combining your finances. Um, you know, the credit card company isn't just going to come after the money in the account only in your name. They're going to come after the money in that joint account as well. So uh, these are the conversations, you know, that people need to have before they walk down the altar, uh, walk down that aisle. So what if you have a couple who are both entrepreneurs, and we call them a couple of entrepreneurs, that have separate businesses. Um, and they also um, may have some real estate as well. And they want, they, they have a blended family because they both come to the table with their own their own set of you know kids. And they want to be able to uh, make light of that situation. Um, as, you know, and I know in, in such times, you may have some trust accounts. When it's, when it's real estate, there's something called land trust. Um, that's, could you expound on some of those things when you're trying to bring that, that blended family in into place? And then you, you, know, you want to make sure that all your assets, your businesses are secure with your kids versus you don't want to have to deal with the drama of the baby mamas and the, and the baby daddies <laughs> oh, outside trying to get into but that. But that is a reality. Assets. That is a reality. Oh, 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 yeah. I mean, that's that's super important. And the couples who have businesses, the entrepreneurs, the couplepreneurs, um, and the people who come in with children from another relationship, those are the people who need you know, a prenuptial or a postnuptial, or at least the conversation um, more than anyone else does. Because um, you know, the truth is there are, there are three kind of buckets. There is, there's husband's bucket, there's the wife's bucket, and then there's the bucket of what they have together. And the problem with the law um, is it doesn't it doesn't leave room for the nuance. And so the law really assumes that everything is all in one bucket, that everything is in the marital bucket. And that's not most people's reality. You know, you like you said, you've got you know money that you want to set aside for kids from a previous relationship or that you want to send to college. And you don't want to get that mixed in. Or maybe, you know, the wife's thing is real estate and the husband has a law practice and you don't want those two things, you know, to mix together. And and what doing a prenup lets you do is it lets you set aside and say, okay, you know, one thing that we'll often do is we'll say, everything that you all choose to put in joint names will be considered joint. But anything that you want to be considered separate, you'll put it in either your name, the husband, or you put it in your name, the wife, 
Um, and the law will follow that. I mean, you can you can opt out of the default, which is just that everything is one in one marital bucket. Um, and that's some of you know what what doing a prenup allows you to do is is separate out the things that are supposed to be separate. Wow. Now, where does uh, trust accounts um, and land trust come into place? Yeah. So so trust accounts, you know, um, are typically drafted. You know, the trusts are typically done by the estate planning attorneys. Mm -hmm. um, and so I will often work in conjunction. You know, early this morning, I was on the phone with with an estate planning attorney who was they were working on setting up the trust for the couple. Um, and I'm working on, you know, the the prenup or the postnup side of things. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they serve separate purposes. So we will make sure that the trust doesn't get looped up in the potential, you know, if a divorce happens or something, you know, unfortunate happens down the line, you know, death or divorce, that that doesn't impact what the couple intends to do. So same thing, you know, we can we can work it in so that a trust will be set aside. Uh, either just for one spouse or one spouse's child, um, or we can set it up so that a trust benefits, you know, one spouse or the other. So, you know, the, the options really are only limited by, you know, the couple's creativity and their needs. Now, have you noticed there's one particular thing or, or uh, I want to say necessarily that kind of precipitates them coming in? Like, are you noticing fear? Are you noticing, you know, this is just what I've learned from past generations? Is there a certain thing that you're that you're noticing or a certain challenge that you're noticing with these couples as they're coming in, if that makes sense? Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I see most often um, is just that people come from different you know, financial backgrounds. Um, you know, one spouse may be expecting a big inheritance or maybe their their family, you know, has money or they, they've already coming in with some assets and the other spouse isn't. Or um, the flip side, you know, one spouse is coming in with a lot of debt, um, you know, just graduated from school or just got a degree and they may have, you know, significant amount of, you know, credit card debt or student loans or, or even real estate, you know, mortgages. Um, and they don't want to burden the other spouse with with those things as well and um and and that a lot of times is, is what a couple comes to me with they they know a friend that's gone through a divorce or the parents gone through a divorce um and these couples aren't planning on on getting divorced themselves i mean that is really a common misconception um about prenuptial agreements um you know the the statistics that i've seen say 96 percent of couples who get married expect that they will never get divorced which of course makes you wonder what's what's going on with the other four percent that's getting yeah. married. But um, you know the the experts also agree. You know, eighty six percent of of counselors and therapists do not think that having a prenup contributes towards divorce. You know, I argue the opposite. Getting on the on the same page at the beginning of your financial relationship can help you avoid those arguments that often break up marriages. You all, you two know as as well as anyone. Uh, that that finances can be a plague on a marriage. It can be something that brings a couple together, you know, where they have, you know, something that they're, they look forward to talking about, that where they're building wealth together, they're building generational wealth, um, or it can be the kind of thing that, that tears couples apart. Um, and it's really about getting it right at the beginning of the marriage rather than waiting until the arguments start. And I think what you said, you hit the nail on the head. It's really important not to avoid those really necessary conversations that um, when couples are contemplating getting married, it's got to be 
something more so than just the superficial, how someone looks, you know, where they live, what they drive. Okay, what's your plan for the future? You know, what, you know, where do you see yourself five years from now, 10 years from now? And making sure you're getting on the same page to make sure that your values align, you know, just finding years into the marriage you know, because you were avoiding those conversations, you were walking around on eggshells. Now here you're starting to be faced with, with certain challenges. You know, let's just talk about the pandemic. There are couples that, you know, they had their their regular routine. So there were certain things they were able to avoid, certain conversations because, oh, honey, I've got to go to work. Oh, I've got this meeting. You know, now guess what? All of that shut down. We're both in the house face to face. And then these challenges are, are staring right at us. Now, how are we going to handle it? That's why I think it's so important that communication, you know, that's uh, having these conversations, making sure you're on the same page. And like you said, handling your finances, you know, what there are some savers and spenders, and that can be a huge challenge in the marriage, especially, you know, when your money is, is not on point, that impacts other areas of the marriage. So it, it's really, really imperative. And I hope that all of our listeners that, that these are some nuggets of wisdom that, you know, if you're contemplating getting married, just stop avoiding those necessary conversations. You know, it, you start having some, I think it makes it a lot easier if it's something that you haven't swept under the rug. If it's something that you've at least talked about, you have an idea, you've put on paper, you know, and figure out how do we work with one person being a saver, one person being a spender? Is it best to have all the bills go into one account and each of us gets an allowance? Is it best for everything to go on one account? Start figuring those things out. You know, it's nothing more interesting than, you know, like that one couple that we worked with. It was their third marriage each. And here they're getting ready to get married. And oh, they never really thought about saying, hey, I have the house in Florida. You have the house in California. Where are we going to live? You know, right. those are some right. conversations you think after a period of time, we take for granted that people automatically understand those things. And then they don't. You know, some of them haven't been taught. Some because of past experiences, they avoid those conversations. That's how they handled conflict. So now the pattern repeats itself until you identify it and address it. And that can be a huge challenge. So um, tell me, do you find that... Um when you work with your customers or your clients that after they talk about their finances, talk about their plans, mm -hmm. do they find that their relationship has, uh, seems to be a little bit in conjunction or in synergy after they, they move forward with this? I think that, you know, the clients that I work with, they have a big sense of relief typically mm -hmm. after, after working with me because Typically, what we find is that the couples agree on a lot more than they disagree. And, you know, we're able to find areas um, where they can really feel like they're working together as a team. So, you know, for example, we'll go through a lot of the questions that I'm sure, you know, you address with your clients as well, um, such as, you know, uh, do we want to have kids? How many kids do we want to have? Uh, public school or private school? Um, you know, are we going to carry balances on our credit cards? Are we going to pay them off every month? Are we going to max out our 401ks or are we going to put you know, all of our money in brokerage accounts and try to, you know, try to do some day trading and some, you know, alternative investments like that. Um, but we can also, you know, do things like, for example, you know, my wife and I, you know, she's also a lawyer. We drafted our own prenup together um, and we decided, OK, what are things that we want to build towards, you know, and how can we put these things into an agreement on the front end 
that will that will give us something to work towards together. So, um, you know, for example, we have in our document that every December we sit down and we talk about what our retirement contributions are going to be for the upcoming year. Okay. Um, travel is something that's hugely important for us. And so we sat down and decided, OK, we're going to put three percent of all the income that comes into the household into a travel budget so that the money is there when we want. it. You know, these are things that you can do that help build the relationship, that give you something to work towards together rather than just, you know, kind of the Hollywood idea of a prenup, which is, you know, just planning for divorce. You know, we're planning for your relationship together. I love that. I, like I love that. that. Cause that's what we, um, especially with a lot of our premarital classes, mm -hmm. we do, uh, we teach a lot of planning. Um, and you know, I'm like, without getting all complicated, you know, I have a business background, MBA, you don't teach a lot of, you know, a, a lot of things about finances, but put all that aside. I, I, I tell couples, look, get a piece of paper and a pencil or pen. You write down all your outcome and all your income. If your outcome is more than your income, you got a problem. <laughs> you got to deal with the B word. Budget. Budget. Oh, and yeah. I think it's so funny. So many people shy away from that. I Well, now I think it's a little more um, acceptable. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and some couples is more of a forced budget than others. But it is a reality check because that can cause division in the house. If you have not learned to, I want to say, establish boundaries for yourselves financially, if that makes sense, because you need to have not only have a plan for where you are, but where you're going when who you are, when you first come together as a couple, you're constantly growing and evolving. So your thought pattern now, you know, at five years in, maybe different from 10 years in, maybe exactly. 15 years in, in terms of what you want to do. So you need to have those continuous or those consistent check-ins. Like you mentioned in December, you got you and your wife get together, which I think is an amazing idea. And, and you talk about your contributions. Now let's think about realistically how many times or how often are couples really having those conversations? So that's something to encourage our couples, make sure and it's not to be a long drawn out process. Some people may do it over a weekend. You have to decide what fits your your needs. But having those conversations just that, hey, we need to do a quick check in in terms of where we are this year. How did we end this year? What is our goal for next year? You know, what are what's our goal five years from now? Where are we in saving for the kids college? Where are we in saving for a home? Do you want a home? And these are really, really important questions, because when you see things, you know, when you're on two different yeah. planes, it's like a tug of war. You know, it's almost like, you you know, you got to treat, like, treat like a corporation. You got four quarters and you got your <laughs> quarterly endings and where you want to be on that. And you want to forecast for the next quarter. <laughs> now, I have a question for you, Attorney Thomas. Just is can you think of just one question that you may have heard over these uh, these many years that you've been practicing that cu a couple may have come in and asked you that you're like, wow, I, I never really, I, I really didn't think couples might've even had that question. Was there something that I don't want to say stumped you, but kind of threw you for a loop. Like, wow. I never even thought couples thought about that. Um, you know, every, I, I, I never say that I can't be surprised because every year <laughs> brings, brings new challenges and, mm -hmm. and, and new situations you know, I, I had somebody recently come in um, and, you know, this this will show you how 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 sheltered I am to to talk about. They wanted to 
um, have have three people could three people marry all marry each other and and have a prenup, um, uh, which you know I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know anything <laughs> that allows that. Um, you know, I, I that even that, legal. <laughs> yeah, that's not something that's not something I do. Yeah, I learned the word thruple uh instead of couple. <laughs> oh my god. Is that like legal in Utah? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> not here in Georgia. Is all I know. Okay. Um, but um no, I mean, yeah, every everyone comes in with, you know, their their own challenges, um, you know, their mm -hmm. own questions. You know, people have asked me to put all kinds of things, you know, into you know, into agreements, um, you know, ownership of pets, you know, for example, wow. um, you know, something that, you know, that a lot of couples will do is put in uh, an infidelity clause, you know, a cheating clause oh, to where, you know, yeah. if the couple would normally split their assets 50 50, if someone cheats, all of a sudden their share goes down to 40 percent or 30 percent. <laughs> Um, okay. you know, I mean, okay. there are different, you know, incentives that you can put in, um, you know, one thing that, uh, that I stole from a couple who mentioned a problem because they didn't want to be supporting family and friends and a couple basically put into their agreement, um, that there was a limit on money that they could give out to family and friends and actually help both spouses, uh, avoid okay. uncomfortable conversations from people saying, oh, oh, can I borrow some money? You know, I need some money. And they say, look, I'm sorry. I can only, I can only loan you money from our fun account. And we only got a thousand dollars in there, so I'm sorry I can't help you. You know, like we've got it in our agreement. Um, so there's, you know, like I said, there's all kinds of creative things. Um, but you know, along the lines of what you were saying, uh, Doctor, is is you know, baking in what I love is baking into the relationship the habit of communication. You know, whether it's a, you know, just just like Eric said, you know, it's you got like in a, in a business, you got quarterly reports. You know, in my in my ebook on, on my website, uh, one of the things that I suggest people do. Is is designate who's going to be the CFO? You know, everyone's not going to have both people paying the bills. You know, every month or both people are checking the accounts. You know, every single day, one person will be the CFO. But part of the CFS, CFO's job is going back every quarter and reporting to the shareholders, to the stakeholders. This is the state of our finances. This is what things are looking like. Baking in that communication. You know, one of the clauses I love putting in is. You have to discuss any purchase over five hundred dollars or over a thousand dollars, you know, that's coming out of the joint account um, so that it becomes a habit of communication. Because where that communication breaks down, as you all know, that's where the problems arise. Wow. And I love the fact that that you talked about that, because that's one of the options that we present to our couples. Just, yeah. you know, you you guys decide together what's going to work, you know. If you're depending on where you are financially, it might be anything over a hundred dollars we need to right. talk about because you very easily throw the account in the red, you know. So I think that's really important and that's a nugget of wisdom. So for everybody out there that's listening, make sure that you put into your chat, the chat room, you know, what's your favorite takeaway from this evening? Because there's so much. We talked about the baggage. We talked about the financial habits. We talked about putting the limitations on the contributions to families and friends. We talked about how to to um, I would say pencil out or how to establish your accounts in terms to uh, paying your bills. And these are some questions that couples you need to be mindful of if you're considering getting married, make sure that you have those necessary conversations. And guess what? If you're already married and you haven't had the conversation, it's yes. no time like the present. We schedule time for our hair, our nails to do whatever else. We could schedule time to have these conversations and make sure, you know, just a, a, a suggestion. 
Try not to do it right after somebody gets off work where they're tired and irritable, less likely to focus. They're bringing home the stress and the baggage of the day. Schedule a time where you guys are both well rested. You're aware and you're alert and you can actually focus on the conversation and you're coming in with a fresh set of eyes. You're not bringing in the stress and frustration of the previous day. And that way you can have a conversation that is actually going to be beneficial. Right. Now you mentioned an ebook. Um, Oh yeah. Now, is there a website or how can anyone get your a, a copy of the ebook? Yeah, I, I would send everyone to georgiaprenups.com. P-R-E-N-U-P-S is prenups. So georgiaprenups.com. We've got an ebook there that it's the seven financial strategies for building a rock solid marriage. Um, oh, wow. I know it may seem strange to take marriage advice from someone who has worked as a divorce attorney, but I am, it is process of elimination. I've learned what does not work. And from that, mm -hmm. you know, have learned what does work. Um, and uh, there's a lot of, you know, good little financial nuggets, you know, tips for the couples out there that want to improve their, their, their marriage, or if they're just getting started off on the relationship, how to start off on the right foot. Wow. Now I really, I think that's an interesting point because when you put it into perspective, you're like, well, from your from the clients that you've worked with, you've seen what firsthand what can help some of these marriages start off with a solid foundation and come in regards to their finances. And it fosters even greater communication to make sure that you establish that. So I think that that's a that's an amazing perspective. And that's why we want to have conversations like this. Now, this has been an amazing time, but yes. can you take like the, I know we're wrapping up, but can you take the next 30 seconds and just tell our listeners, tell everyone that, that's viewing this, you know, what is your closing uh, tip for marriages to be able to win? Yeah, it is, it is never too late to get on the same page with your finances, you know, do a reset uh, you know, just like Dr. Sakisha said, set up a time on the calendar, put it down, um, get everything down on paper and pencil. You know, it may not be the sexiest time in the world, um, but it will pay dividends down the line for the relationship. Um, you know, getting on the same page with your finances um, is a critical part to having a successful marriage and letting your marriage win. Wow. So I want to say thank you again to our amazing guest, attorney Aaron Thomas. Make sure that you go to his website at georgiaprenups.com. Again, that's georgiaprenups.com. And he has a copy of his ebook for you, The Seven Financial Strategies for Building a Rock Solid Marriage. Look, we're all about winning here. And it's so amazing that attorney Thomas talked about building because we're excited about helping couples to do three things, help build a solid marriage, help build a successful business and build generational wealth for their families. So we're going to be doing that at the Millionaire Power Couple um, Summit. So make sure you go to the website at millionairepowercouple.com. Make sure you're registered. It is going to be amazing um, time. We're going to have insurance uh, and financial experts. We're going to have motivational speakers. We're going to have additional relationship relationship experts, the entire gamut, because we're, remember, it's been a pivot these last 15 months, you know, they're starting to open things back up in the world. And you have some couples that being in quarantine has been a challenge for them. So we want to make sure they have a solid marriage when they're coming out, they have, they're equipped with the tools and strategies to do so. For some of our couples, 
guess what? The six-figure salary is no longer there. This is their opportunity. They stepped into entrepreneurship, but they're not exactly sure how to build that successful business. So we're going to have some brand development experts, some business strategists on hand to help walk you through that process. And for some of you, um, like attorney um, Thomas talked about, they talked about um, their 401k. Where is, what is your plan for your family and for your marriage you know, financially? So we're going to have some insurance specialists, some tax and accounting specialists that are going to be willing to pour into you and give you the strategies and tools that you need to succeed as a couple. So I am super excited. Don't forget to make sure you register for that. And don't forget, September 17th through 19th, we have Making Love Last Retreat. We have one more spot available for this exclusive retreat for couples being held on a private location right here in Orlando, Florida. And just send me an email, say, Sakisha, I want the deep. And we'll give you all the details. We have So we're super excited, looking forward to that. And again, thank you to Attorney Thomas. Don't forget. Yes. We got the Millionaire Power Couple Business Summit, but what do we have that has Millionaire Power Couple in it? Oh my gosh, I'm glad you said something. Don't forget. Stay, make sure that you are on our email list. We're launching our Million Power Couple TV show this fall. Yes. So we want to make sure that you stay connected with us as we step out on faith and, and launch into something totally different, totally you know? Different, totally different platform. We're going to be reaching over a bill, half a billion viewers yes yes around so the world this is exciting but make yes. sure you spent this last 30 minutes with us getting to know attorney thomas getting to know us but we want to get to know you so make sure you take a moment and you can follow us on all different forms of social media under marriage can win but instagram that's that's an area that we're really really launching out to so make sure you follow us and we follow you back you've gotten to know us we want to get to know you and make sure you go to Attorney Thomas's website at georgiaprenups.com so you can get to know him. He wants to get to know you as well. So if this has been an amazing time. Eric yes. and I, thank you so much for joining. Do yes, you have any closing remarks, Eric? Oh, no. Just always remember that you have to be the change in your relationship that you want to see in your life. So you have to take action. A-C-T. Action changes things. So we'll see you next time. Have an amazing evening.